What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian. I'll be your host for the show. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find those gems that may be worth your precious resources. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Lamentum is the game for this week's episode. Lamentum is an isometric survival horror action game. Comparatively, uh, this is right out of the book of Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, but pixelated uh, in a different camera view. Some release dates. Uh, This was released in August of 2021 on PC, Linux, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. The developer is a company called Obscure Tales. I think this is their first major game, uh, and it's, from what I hear, it's just two guys, uh, and they're from Spain, so pretty cool for them. The publisher is Neon Doctrine. Uh, Neon Doctrine has published a lot of indie games, uh, some that I've seen a lot on sale recently, like Lost Castle uh, and Simulacrum. I haven't played uh, any of them, though. This game also did have a Kickstarter campaign uh, that was met. Original MSRP was fifteen ninety nine. And the runtime of the game, if you're just running straight through, just doing the story, it's a little more than five-ish hours. But if you're doing a lot of extra stuff, uh, it might put you up uh, around 10, so about double that. This game does have a platinum trophy for our PlayStation listeners. Just a suggestion, you can get the platinum in one playthrough, but I would highly suggest that you do two. Because uh, there's a lot of missable stuff, and I don't think it's worth looking up the first time. I think it's better to just experience this game. Uh, Me, I got this on sale for $11, and I am in the middle of my second playthrough because I'm going for the Platinum Trophy in this. Uh, The first playthrough, I put a little more than eight hours, maybe close to nine, and the second one, I'm kind of flying through it. I'm maybe, I don't know, three quarters of the way, uh, and I'm just past like four hours, so, but I know a lot of a lot of stuff, and I'm not being phased by anything. Hopefully by the time this posts, I will actually have this Platinum Trophy. Uh, this game was not recommended to me by anyone, but I saw it in the store, and I was surprised that I hadn't heard about it. But later, while I was playing it, I actually um, did some digging, and I did find you know, small corners of the internet that were super pumped for this game. But really, it was the, you know, the horror elements that really intrigued me when I watched the trailer, and the idea of an action survival uh, sort of isometric game. Uh, I just thought it looked pretty interesting. Let's talk some gameplay here. So this is a survival horror action game. 
So action meaning real-time interaction, real-time combat. Uh, with an isometric view. So if you don't know what that means, isometric view is basically a game where the camera is, instead of being like a top-down, it's kind of moved and tilted at an angle so that it looks like three-dimensional and it can actually, you can interact more three-dimensionally. So it's an interesting trick and a lot of games do it. Uh, games that really lean into this kind of go at a 45 degree angle, like coming in really out of the side, but also at a high angle. Here, it's just kind of, it's almost flat straight on, but then the angle is just raised a bit. Um, so it's not, it's more angled, uh, you know, top down instead of to the side. And really what that does is, like I said, it gives it a, a new dimension. Um, and the way it comes out is sometimes you can be behind objects. Really, you see this a lot with doors that are on the bottom or would be on the bottom of the screen. They're just kind of raised up, and as you walk you know, behind them, there's uh, transparency. But progression in this game, so let's talk about it in the literal sense. So your character is moving. Uh, there's no turn-based anything. Everything is real-time. And the saving grace for this game is that there's a button you can hold, and you can run. And let me tell you, it is truly the saving grace of this game. Because if you couldn't, it would make it very monotonous. And it would be you know, almost like a walking simulator. It would feel very cumbersome at times. But you can run. And it's great because you, there is some backtracking uh, like survival horror games have. Um, so having that is good. But it does have a sort of a stamina meter when you're near enemies. And this is great. And this is something that uh, even Elden Ring, uh, I think, really learned recently. So I don't know if they learned it from this game. Probably not. But it's a really good development thing to do. Obviously, people have stamina, so it's not trying to sink into realness or realism. But it's a game. So if there's not something that can hurt me, why would I have to deal with stamina running out? It's kind of annoying. So they don't do that. So that's good. The way that you know that that's happening uh, that you're losing stamina near an enemy is the screen kind of darkens uh, around the outside and then it kind of closes in on your character. Um, but again, that's only when you know enemies are around. Um, it's also a good indicator to know that there are enemies close by. The majority of the game is interacting with things. So when you can interact with something, uh, a little icon will come up. I think it's like a, a little hand. And you can interact with just about anything. Doors, items, uh, notes, I never found this annoying or clunky. Like they, maybe it's because they don't put items right next to doors. Um, but I could, I could see that in another game that had this, uh, it being confusing to kind of centralize on like, okay, what am I trying to interact with here? Oh, I keep getting the door. That's annoying. So that doesn't happen. And maybe that's because of the gameplay here and and how it's coded, or it's just because of the placement uh, of different things. Either way, it works really well. Never gets tiresome. Finding things and interacting with things, unless it's a door, uh, it's usually an item or a note, and you can see it uh, kind of sparkles. You see like this little little sparkle shine, but there are others that are uh, missable collectibles that don't, uh, and we can get into that a little bit later. The inventory. So this is primarily what you're going to be interacting with, and I find this interface to be pretty good. It's a an inventory of nine spaces, and the top three, so it's like nine spaces, like a square, um, and the top three have like hot buttons. And so what that means is like I'm playing on PlayStation, so the one on the top left is square, the one in the top middle is triangle, the one on the top right is circle. And basically, if you're not in the inventory and you press one of these buttons, it'll pop up in the bottom right 
uh, and if you use the trigger button you can use it so it's a good way to switch between maybe weapons or uh, a lamp um, or a healing item uh, so you can go into the inventory and kind of switch these out at any time uh, I did find the inventory very fluid I don't know what it's like on PC it might actually be even better but switching between an item and a weapon like using the hot buttons or even moving them around uh, and interacting with them in the inventory um, you do have to like move it space by space uh, but there's only nine spaces and it's not it, it's really not that egregious and some things do stack and they'll have a little number like ammo stacks some items can stack but won't automatically you can combine items and this is actually a story element which we'll get into in a little bit but um, you'll have healing items ones that are full healing items and ones that are half healing items and if you're you know in a pinch and you're running out of inventory space uh, you can actually combine two of the half ones to make a whole one overall i think there's a good balance um, and there is storage which we'll talk about when we get to safe rooms and so you're constantly dumping things into storage but that's okay weapons there are two types of weapons you will find guns and you'll find melee weapons the gun situation is interesting uh, because the ammo goes with the guns but you don't need specific type of ammo all the ammo goes with any gun and that's really good this is very resident evil with the guns because you have to hold a button to aim and then you hold another button to shoot and you also have to hold a button and hit the shoot button to then reload i understand that this might be frustrating for people but this is very resident evil as some people may know and it adds to that horror element like oh my gosh i need to time like i need to run away from this enemy and time it so that i have enough time to reload so they don't get hit Again, some might interpret that as sort of clunkiness or annoying. It's kind of a hallmark of the survival horror genre. The melee weapons, you'll get many uh, options for melee weapons. Some that you'll have to unlock that will do more damage or sort of have a faster swing. The hit and run approach is key here. If you're not used to sort of an action game in a pixelated form, it may take you some time to get the approach down. You know, it'll definitely take you some time to not be afraid of enemies. I found that once I got the hang of it, uh, I conserved a lot of ammo and I did kind of hit and run, like chip them and, and run back. The hitboxes are pretty standard in these enemies. What comes to mind is uh, Secret of Evermore, which is a Super Nintendo game that was just like this, an action game where it was real time, you know, swiping a melee weapon. And sometimes getting, it can get a little annoying. There are some enemies that are actually static and will sit there. But if you get too close, they'll like reach out and try to hit you. Um, but there is like a sweet spot to where like they'll try to reach out and they won't hit you and your weapon still will be able to hit them. So it just takes a little trial and error if you're willing to go that route. In terms of the grander scheme of progression, uh, there's a lot of things here. So there are puzzles. There's a lot of puzzles in here. Some that make way for story progression, some that unlock optional weapons. Uh, some of these will be literally figuring out that you need to combine certain things in your inventory. It's very interesting, and I don't think it's very frustrating. Sometimes uh, you'll interact with a statue or something where you have to take an item in your inventory and kind of move it to the statue. This can be a little annoying because like the mouse is super slow at least on console, compared to uh, you know normally moving through the inventory. So it's kind of annoying. I don't imagine it would be as slow on PC. It would probably be pretty fluid. With a lot of these puzzles, there will be things that you read, whether it's like combinations or ciphers or, or things like that. And so I found myself taking a lot of pictures, which is cool on my phone. Uh, there's also some backtracking, 
which is expected in a survival horror game, not to the point of like a Metroidvania, but similarly, there will be keys that you'll find, and this is right out of Resident Evil 2. There are different shaped keys, like in Resident Evil 2, like you had the hearts and the clubs or, or whatever. Um, here you have something similar. So you'll you'll see a door on a map that has that symbol, and then later when you get that key, you're like, oh, I gotta go find all those all those doors and unlock it and find things. There are safe rooms, and there's an abundance of them, I feel. Uh, some of them, it even seems like, well, I could go to this safe room or that safe room before I go to this next spot. I think that's a good thing. In the safe rooms, you will have a storage bin. You put something in there, and it'll be in every storage box in every safe room. Sometimes it can be annoying to run through the items in the storage bin, at least on console. It doesn't sort by category or anything like that. Full healing items, it also doesn't stack, so... You may want to order them, uh, but it, it can be very annoying. Uh, luckily, I don't think you get that much stuff, um, and you can even hold the button, and it'll scroll down pretty fast. So I didn't find this to be too much of an annoyance. Saving the game, again, right out of Resident Evil, instead of, like, tape or, or like, cassette tape or anything like that in Resident Evil, uh, you have ink, and you write on a quill to save it. You can choose the option to go the Resident Evil style and have a limited number of ink, meaning a limited number of times that you can save, or in the options menu you can just say, no, I don't want to do that. I think that's great. If some people are old school survival horror gamers, they may really want to do this, this kind of challenge run, but you don't have to. I didn't. There are no difficulty options. It's kind of tough. Um, but again, there are options here, like being able to save endlessly. There is resource and ammo management, but like I said, you know, if you could master the melee combat, um, you can save a lot of ammo. And if you're doing it really well, by the end of the game, you'll probably be stacked with ammo, so you won't have to worry about it. Um, there are a lot of healing items in this game, so if you do find that enemies are kind of kicking, kicking you in the butt, um, there is plenty of healing stuff I found. I did die maybe a handful of times, not too much. Even to the final boss of the game, I didn't die that much. But there is also the option, like in a survival horror game, to avoid a lot of enemies. And you can avoid a lot of enemies. Uh, the only thing that ties you down is that if you're running through a room that has them, your stamina will kind of decrease. So you have to pace yourself. Uh, because if you use all of your stamina, you will have to sit there and huff and puff for like two seconds and if there's an enemy around you're done the map i think this map is really really good i think it's perfect it gives the perfect amount of information and it really doesn't give that much information there are no words on the map uh there are tabs at the top for different sections of the map uh whether it's like an indoor section an outdoor section there are icons for different doors that match different keys so that is great when you're backtracking once you get a key so that you don't have to remember where that door was. And there are blockages uh, on the map. And they also put question marks on the map if there's something in a room that you haven't dealt with, like a puzzle or something like that. And once you complete all of these things, if you complete a puzzle, it will put an X over the question mark. When you get through a door, when you unlock a door or unblock a door, it will have like a double-sided arrow going through that door. So the map is actually really communicating with you very nicely without any words. So I really like that. Um, they also have colors on the map. 
So safe rooms are all a particular color, so you don't have to wonder where the safe rooms are. You can just look at that. It's like a greenish color. And the room that you're in is blue. Um, there is no cursor on the map for where you are. I know that can be uh, a pain, especially in Metroidvanias, but I didn't find much of a problem because the rooms are pretty obviously shaped. You're in a mansion most of the game, so it can be pretty obvious like what part of the room you're in just by looking at the shape of the room. Enemies in this game. The enemies are really good, and there's a great, horrid variety of them. Uh, the mechanics of them are different. Some of them will have different types of attacks. Some of them will have lunging attacks. Some of them uh, might even have like projectiles. I really like the variety here. Uh, there are a bunch that you'll see constantly, um, but I think that as you progress towards the game, they bring in different things, and it's good to see different things. Some of them, I mean, the way to approach them is just either shoot them or, or try to get some melee attacks in, but you don't know how they're going to attack you that yet, what they're going to do. So it can be very tense. Um, so I really applaud the, the variety of enemies here. As you're killing enemies, the, it is a clearing out mentality. So if you clear out all the enemies in a room, it will stay that way. They don't come back like next time you come in the room. However, if you do progress, like if you get something, if you do a story thing, or if you complete a puzzle and you go back to a room, there might be different enemies there. And I know that can be frustrating, but it's kind of a sign that you've done something, that you've progressed. So it is actually a good indicator that, you know, maybe you're headed in the right direction. Maybe you're doing the right thing. And there are also a bunch of bosses. And I really like where these bosses come from. And that's all I'll say about that. But there's great variety in them. Uh, I do enjoy the mechanics of a lot of them. Um, and I think they're pretty monumental. And then you have events that happen. Uh, there are things that will happen that will transport you sometimes to a new place. Um, sometimes it'll lock you out of things. So you will get locked out of areas, sometimes temporarily, sometimes for the whole game. And you also get locked out of certain collectibles that have to do with trophies. Okay, so this is why I really recommend if you want to go for the Platinum Trophy, which I think it's totally viable to do as I'm finishing it up now, you don't try to do it in one playthrough. Really enjoy this game. And there are multiple endings, depending on what you do, depending on uh, certain story-related things or, or NPCs. Let's get into the vibe of this game. So I'm just going to list off some words here. Let me know how this makes you feel. Horror. Terror. Gore. Blood. Eldritch. Cthulhu. Lovecraft and Poe. That is everything that is in this game. And let me tell you now, this game is not for the faint of heart. Even though it's pixelated, and we'll talk about the visuals, this game really is disturbing there are some jump scares too which again is surprising in a pixelated game but they really pull it off so let's get into the visuals like i said this is pixelated uh so the characters are probably the most pixelated in the actual environment so your character and other uh, characters that you'll interact with their sprites are pretty pixelated but when you converse with other characters you get like 
uh, a dialogue bust of your character as they're interacting, as, as dialogue is, is being displayed. This dialogue bust is pretty interesting because it actually has interactions. It has reactions. You can see like facial expressions uh, as you're having conversations, which is, is really awesome. And even on the pause screen, uh, there will be the bust of your character, Victor. And very, again, Resident Evil, uh, your bust is actually a health indicator as is uh, the main screen. But when you're looking at your bust on the pause screen, how much his face has decayed is an indicator of how healthy you are or how not healthy you are. But like I said, it's also on the main screen. As you get hit, you won't see much uh, difference on the game screen. But if you're, I think, like less than half health, um, they'll start to appear like a border around the whole screen of like blood smears, like bright red blood smears. And then when you get to I think like one hit away from death, it'll be really red and there'll be a lot of smears around the border of the screen. Um, so a lot of indicators there visually for you. Um, the enemies are surprisingly less pixelated, I feel, than the character sprites, uh, which is cool. You can see like, you know, tentacles wobbling off of them. Very unique enemy design, like I said, with the gameplay, but also with their visual design. The environments are even less pixelated, I would say. Pretty standard uh, in terms of being rendered. Again, the whole game is still pixelated, but I feel like the character sprites are maybe the most. There are cutscenes in this game with different story events, and they are pixelated, but they are horrifying. And things moving and gyrating uh, in a cutscene, it's, again, surprisingly horrifying for something that's pixelated. The environments are very detailed visually. I'm not going to give too much away, but after a certain point, things really go crazy and there's just blood everywhere there are a lot of paintings on the walls of the mansion and they're all unique and they're terrifying whether there's blood splattered on them or the faces of the people in the paintings are doing something ridiculous very unique i didn't see any paintings that were like copies of another which i i think is great a lot of attention to detail and a lot of work really uh, because i think some of these paintings might actually reference actual people in horror which would be really impressive. The sound, uh, there's minimal music in this game, but there are sound effects. Um, for example, uh, enemies will make sound effects, whether they're like talking or you know, giving like a grunt or a lot of squishing, a lot of strange squishing sounds. And when you kill an enemy, uh, it kind of crumples up almost like a spider would and then it just like fades to black and disappears. But there is music in this game and I really do like it. It's very somber. It really adds to the story. Uh, and when you're in different areas of the story that are supposed to be scary, oh man, it really gets you. It's still minimal. It's very minimalist in terms of the music, um, but it's uh, it tingles down your spine. And then the lore. I really like this story. I think there's a lot of depth, especially to characters. Um, you will find a lot of notes throughout the game and you put them in a journal and you can constantly go back and reference this journal. I haven't quite connected all the dots. Um, maybe someday I will, even though I'm going for the platinum, I'm still, there's something there, but I'm more just kind of reveling in that it's, that it's there and that they're trying to make connections and that it's super eerie. I, I really enjoy the story unfolding too. I'm not that well versed in like a lot of Edgar Allan Poe or uh, even HP Lovecraft, but there 
are probably some story elements that are borrowed from things, um, but I don't know if you could predict all of this stuff that happens. Um, so it definitely takes from a lot of those sort of horror genres. Let's wrap up the conversation talking about Lamentum. I got to say, when I started this game, I was entranced. And if you know my brother, you can ask him because I played it over the Christmas holiday. He was here too, and I was playing this thing nonstop. I was just engrossed in what was happening here. Take that as a very good recommendation. Horror. There is horror in this game. If you are afraid of things, if you're scaring easily... I don't know if this game is for you. In terms of gameplay, there is a good balance with the inventory and the storage. I use the storage a lot, um, but maybe it's because I'm you know, super OCD about things. Uh, but when I got something that was important that I didn't need right away, I would run back to a safe room and just put it in the box so I had that extra slot in my inventory if I was going to pick something up. But again, it's because the safe rooms are so abundant, I feel, it's really not that big of a deal to go and do that. Some people might feel differently about that, but by the end of the game, I felt very confident and comfortable with the combat it, to the point where I'm going through my second playthrough and I'm barely using ammo because I'm, I'm finding the good weapons and I'm just not afraid of some of these enemies because I kind of know what they're about at this point. I really like the puzzles in this game. I never found that I was frustrated. Sometimes with certain NPCs, uh, there, are, there are different things that you have to do, and it can be a little frustrating to figure it out, but it's optional. But with the, the physical puzzles and, and finding things in the ciphers, I never found it frustrating. Again, I did take a lot of pictures, and I look back at my phone. I think it would be very cool to have a journal with this game and draw things. I'm really into stuff like that, um, but I kind of took the quick route and just took pictures on my phone. I'd pay full price for this game. I mean, I didn't get it at much of a discount. But I really like this experience. I think it's a solid survival horror game. Um, and I really like the story. I like pretty much everything about this game. The only thing that might be a little different, again, I didn't find it to be a problem with the inventory, but some people might get a little irked by it. This is also a perfect Halloween time game. So if October's coming up for you, whenever you listen to this, this would be a great game to really get you in the mood for that season. So highly recommend this game. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you. <laughs>